This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Easy. I'm back. Van Pugh in the house. Literally. Now, I've been following Twitter. It's freaking Clay Travis versus freaking Peter King. Like, Peter King is a legendary football columnist. Be on NBC sometimes and sometimes Fox. Whenever you talk about football, I listen for sure. Clay Travis is just one of my favorite sports personalities in general. Just, man, just the confidence he has and his unique takes. He's just a very entertaining guy to follow, even though he's very polarizing. And some of the people I like in the sports community and sports world don't like him. And Peter King is one of them, people. You know, he's he's very, very polarizing. He just he does not care what anybody thinks, which I need to adopt that in my life. Like, if I care less what people thought, who knows where I'd be right now? <laughs> who knows where I'd be right now? If you want to get a crash course in not caring what people think, look at Clay Travis for sure. But anyway, man, they's beefing on Twitter because freaking Peter King pulled up some tweets from Clay Travis talking about the coronavirus. Now, Clay Travis every day is been trying to tweet positive things and tweet stats and articles that diminish the coronavirus. And that has gotten mixed reactions. People like me love it because I'm looking for anything positive when it comes to this freaking virus. And other people don't like it because they think, not taking it seriously. Like Clay compares it to 9-11. Like if you said, if you say anything bad about 9-11 or you, you have any conspiracy theories or you make light of it, then you're unpatriotic. And he's like, it's the same thing with the coronavirus. If if you make any type of if it looks like you're making light of it. And it looks like you're not taking it seriously. People are going to attack you. It's the mob mentality. And people are just tired of that. I get it. You know, I don't really like it either. But then again, I can't completely blow it off. But I don't think Clay is completely blowing it off. Like, he's just trying to be... I think he's legit trying to be positive. But Peter King was trying to, like... was trying to show his inconsistencies. He's not the only one that's been doing this. People have been doing this on Clay's timeline for weeks. Every day is a new person. And that's why Clay Travis, you know, he calls those people like Peter King, the blue check mark brigade. And you check his account. There's always somebody under one of his tweets with a blue check mark saying how much of an idiot he is. And it always got an article or come out with some facts that'll discredit Clay Travis. And Clay Travis ain't happening. He's just bringing it all on. He's just taking it all on. He is just the, he is the leader of the, yes, coronavirus is bad, but 
we need to be positive, even though people interpret it as him not taking it seriously. And I guess Peter King will represent the coronavirus is the worst. We really need to take this seriously. We really need to we really need to see what's going on. We really need to all these people are dying. This is an emergency. Panic, panic, panic. But then again, is Peter King really panicking? I don't know. It's just a, the main issue is taking it seriously. How seriously should we take the coronavirus? I think there should be a balance. There, there should be a balance. You shouldn't overreact and panic and, oh, the world is ending. But at the same time, you can't just blow it off and have a bunch of conspiracy theories about the government and stuff. Yeah, the government ain't the greatest. It's run by humans. What do you expect? Um, the government ain't the greatest, but I don't think they purposely put this virus in there. Or they, they're not purposely trying to control us with a virus. If they tried to do that, do you think us people would really go for that? There'd be a revolt. We outnumber the government. They do anything stupid, we can overrun them. Come on, man. Not doing too much. All these people in the army and the military, if they really was to do some stupid stuff like that, like y'all say in the um, conspiracy theories, we could rise up against them and it'd be a rap for them because they regular humans. They're just a collection of individuals. I ain't worried about them, man. I ain't worried about Trump either. Um, but I'll get to that later. But Clay Travis versus Peter King. So what they talked about when Peter King came on Clay Travis show. Clay Travis has a daily radio show on Fox Sports. So Clay Travis basically dared Peter King to come on his radio show. And Peter King called his bluff and said we have to donate to charity. Clay Travis said done, easy. Came on the show. I think uh, Clay Travis really hammering the point that honest confrontation is the best thing. Instead of just sending shots at each other on Twitter, honest confrontation will help you come to a better understanding. And I learned that as an adult, and I still suck at it. <laughs> I still suck at it. Even as an adult, I still suck at it. And it's something I have to get better at. It's something that I'm sure a lot of people have to get better at. Instead of this, you know, passive aggressive stuff, but, you know, but they decide to air their problems out on Clay Travis radio show. I'm kind of against going on people's shows to air out beef because it gives them ratings. But hey, in this case, I don't really care because I'm in a house. I need entertainment. I'm planning bunch of video games so i need some other form of entertainment and that's it right there that was it man and they kind of went back and forth i'm not gonna lie clay travis wasn't really letting peter king talk like he kind of talked over him a lot he talked over him a lot i didn't really like that but other than that he just asked him straight up what is your problem with me and Peter King mainly said it's the coronavirus tweets, just like everybody else, just like everybody else in the supposed 
blue checkmark brigade and Corona Bros Army. Yeah, I mean, he feels that he's not taking it seriously and it's dangerous and that he could kill people with his tweets and his rhetoric because he has a following. He has a following. He needs to be more responsible with his tweets about coronavirus, even though I just think he's just trying to be positive. But of course, of course, that's what Clay Travis said. He's just trying to be positive. He's just trying to spit facts. He just doesn't believe in the doom and gloom. And he just... um. You just trying to tell us that everything is gonna be okay. Although Peter King said it's kind of delusional, everything is not gonna be okay. <laughs> but see, Clay Travis, Clay Travis was like, okay, you try to call out my inconsistencies, but I'm just updating myself with the new data that comes in, just like everybody else, and that makes sense. That makes sense. As the data update, just like me, just like me. At first, it was like, okay, the coronavirus is a Chinese thing. Don't be racist. Just don't be racist. Don't be racist to Chinese people. And then it turned into, okay, y'all taking this too seriously. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's just like the flu. I ain't the only one that said that. Then it was just like, okay, well, maybe this thing is serious. And now it's to the point where I just throw up my hands and be like, it just is what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My opinions change as more facts come out. And that's what that's what happened with Clay Travis. And that's what's happened with almost everybody. The only people that's been consistent is the people in the CDC or whoever really studies this because, well, I hope so. They study this. They do this for a living. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I think another thing that Clay Travis called Peter King on was his tweet about Donald Trump, how Donald Trump is the most dangerous person of his lifetime. Clay Travis immediately responded with, what about Kim Jong-un? What about Putin? What about uh, Osama bin Laden? And I don't know, Peter King was like, yeah, they're dangerous, but Trump is the president of the United States. He shouldn't be saying this type of stuff. He shouldn't be doing the type of things. He shouldn't be acting the way he's acting. I'm paraphrasing as much as I can. I'm paraphrasing. But, see, Clay's argument was, if the coronavirus, if his data, the data he's been looking at is correct, and the coronavirus really like calms down, and we don't have as many deaths as originally, as some people have reported, then you could argue that Donald Trump has saved a lot of lives, and you got to give him credit for that. Peter King agreed. He agreed. But his thing is, just like a lot of people that Trump responded too late, like he didn't take enough action at the beginning. But just like Clay Travis was saying, like he did some things as the data was coming in. He did some things to um to respond to the situation. He closed travel to China or coming from China, he closed travel from Europe, and we went on a lockdown when everybody else went on lockdown. Like, I mean, he didn't do that bad. Yeah, sure. Some, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. You expect more from the leader of our country. 
But I guess his view on it and what he's done is kind of like everybody else. Because we just don't know. Like, we didn't know much about this virus. A lot of us didn't. When it comes to Trump, I don't care. <laughs> he's just the old man yelling at the cloud. To me, what the value he has in my life is being funny on Twitter, overreacting about the New York Times and mainstream media and the Democrats. Like, he's just the old man yelling at the cloud. He's just the funny old man. Like, I don't really take him that seriously because in my life, he just, just doesn't play that much of an impact. And I think that's a blessing from God, honestly, that I don't have to worry about stuff that he does, that stuff that he does and say don't directly affect my life. Like, I'm, I'm blessed that a lot of my problems are in my own hands. Like, they come from, from me and maybe from God. That's a blessing. It doesn't come from the president or the government. So I'm good. So I don't really take them that seriously. But if you want to, it is what it is, you know? Um, but Peter King versus Clay Travis was, was was interesting, and I learned a lot about both guys, and I'm going to follow them both. I gain respect for them both. Let's talk about these debate shows, these sports debate shows that I watch. These sports debate shows that I watch, the humor in them. Oh, my God, first take. The humor I see in first take. Stephen A. Smith screaming, his overreactions, man, like, <laughs> man, I think when Jay Williams said, okay, what about the Bucks? Y'all talking about the Lakers and the Clippers winning, but what about the Bucks? Stephen A. Smith said, I ain't sleeping on the Bucks. I'm snoring on them. It's just stuff like that. It's just like, it, it means Stephen A. is a walking meme blasphemous, unmitigated goal, all of that. He is hilarious. Um, when Jason Williams and Marcus Spears come on, they, they're at their best because they're, they're yelling with Stephen A and they're making their points loudly and, and strong and proud. They're hilarious, man. And it, it max with his hip-hop references. He always quoting Jay-Z and this New York rapper and that New York rapper. I'm like, come on, man. We know you used to rap, but just you're doing too much. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. And, you know, Max be standing his ground when Stephen A just be yelling and carrying on, man. He just standing his ground. I saw a segment today where, where Stephen A was talking over him and talking over him, and he just was, was calm, was like, he just made his point. And I was like, okay, all right, I see you. I see you, Mo. I see you. If you look at any first take video, people be on YouTube, people be roasting Miley. Uh, not Miley, Molly. People be roasting Molly Karam. They be killing her. They think she's the worst moderator ever. 
She's doing the best she can. And to be honest, that's not even her fault. I'm not trying to be a simp or anything, but it's not her fault. It, it's the producers. It's Stephen A. And, and Max. They encourage it. If you don't want them, okay. If enough of you say, okay, we want Molly to talk less, I'm pretty sure they will do so. Or just stop watching the show. They'll get the message, I'm sure. But it's funny, y'all be cooking Molly. I'll be dying laughing. Undisputed, you know, they they say the same lines and have the same topics over and over again. When you look at it, it's funny. I just looked at the video today talking about how these sports shows are repetitive. And I was just dying laughing. I was like, this is what we needed. This is the video we needed, for sure. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, Shannon Sharp's antics with the cigar and the goat mask. I bought my own goat mask because of Shannon Sharp. Shoot. He's an inspiration. And, you know, his LeBron jerseys and club Shay Shay. And he's just created a whole new persona, a whole new career all for his time and Undisputed. He's just hilarious. That's usually why I prefer Undisputed over first tape because... Of Shannon Sharp, he's hilarious. I mean, Shannon Sharp is like he's like a more country, funnier, louder version of my dad. Like same skin tone, everything. <laughs> yo, he's hilarious, yo. Like his metaphors and stuff. He grew up in a similar environment with his brothers and sisters and stuff, and. Uh, grandparents raising them and stuff, just, just like my dad, just like my dad. It's just man, dude is hilarious. <laughs> miles in that yak, miles, miles in that yak, <laughs> dude, man. Oh my god, I think honestly he likes LeBron, but honestly I don't think he's that big of a fan of LeBron. He just playing it up because he live in Hollywood now. Like he's just playing it up. For TV, for TV ratings, for his job. Like, he like LeBron, but come on, man. He ain't, he ain't no stand or anything, man. Like, come on, man. He's just doing this for likes and views. This is okay. It's, it's funny, man. It's hilarious. And me, every time I see Jenny, Jenny Taff on the show, I'm like, man, look at Jenny, man. Look at Jenny, man. <laughs> man, I'd be like, dang, like, come on, it's not that serious. She looks great, but come on, like, she's just there. Like, she, she's the moderator everyone wants, like, every, like, the sports community wants. Like, she's not really in the way. She says her piece and she steps out the way. Like, the producers and Skip and Shannon, they get it. They get it. Like, they don't want the moderator doing too much and talking too much and, and seem like she's being annoying. Like, Jenny smiles, she'll say something, she'll laugh, and that's it. Like, that's it, you know? But it just be funny, just my reaction. Every time she, she shows up on TV, I'm like, man, you just if I could just record myself looking at that show when she comes on, I'm gonna be dying laughing. I was like, man, you you just 
You just be simping. You got to calm down. You got to calm down. Now, the humor I see in Sports Center is so they having a bunch of corny jokes. Every time I, I look at it, it's cool that the, the producers let them express their personality a little bit every now and then, but they be corny, man. Well, SVP is legitimately funny. Like he's legitimately funny. I'll, I'll give him that. Even though he can be corny sometimes too, but he's legitimately funny. But some of them other guys, no, no, just just stop. Just uh, get to the highlights. We like you better that way. Um. So they got a bunch of. They got a bunch of bad joints on there. They got a bunch of. They got a bunch of hot chicks. I'd be like, where do y'all get them from? Like, where do y'all get them from? Like, my theory is they have a bunch of women just lined up, just lined up to take that job because it's a dream job for some of them. If you're a woman, a woman and you're in like the journalist field and you're in TV field or you want to be on TV and you love sports, that is the place to go. So there's probably hundreds and thousands of women that want to be on Sports Center. So they could snap their fingers and can get another hot chick on Sports Center. Like and that's just funny to me. I'm like, man, it's like, man, if they want to, they can shut down OnlyFans. They could uh they could post an ad on OnlyFans and be like, who wants a job? Who wants to make who wants to make six figures being on TV and wearing nice dresses and stuff? Yeah, yeah, a bunch of people from OnlyFans would sign up for that. <laughs> for sure. Um that'd be hilarious. But I find that funny when you actually look at it, like snap of the fingers, you get a roster full of hot chicks on on Sports Center, and it's it's hilarious. Um, the herd, I watch the herd, and Colin Cowher's analogies always something about divorce, always something about weddings. I'm like, every time he mentions something about divorce and weddings, I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go again. Here we go again. It's hilarious. Um, But he wouldn't be calling without him because he went through it and he can relate to it. It's just some some of his analogies. I'm like, dang, you really reaching. You really reaching, but it's funny, though. It's funny, though. Like. Who could ever forget LeVar's, LeVar Ball's last appearance or second to last appearance? I think he's been on the show two more times since this happened in 2016, but who can forget his appearance on The Herd with Christine Leahy? He mocked Christine Leahy. He's like, I'll never wear a big ball of shirt. <laughs> that is, that's what she said. Or maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. I don't know. But LeVar Ball was cooking her, dog. <laughs> like, at that time, I'd love to meet some Christine Lee. Like, she could do no wrong. And I don't think she... 
she did have a hot, a hot take about um, what type of father LeVar Ball was and how Lonzo and the boys can't express their personality because of their dad and made it seem like they're, they're terrified to be themselves. That was a tough take to make. That was that was a that was a hot take. Of course, Lavar chose that that avenue to confront her about it, and it was funny. It was great TV. He he destroyed her, bro. Like he went in. Oh man. Stay in your lane. The famous word, stay in your lane. I will never forget that. He destroyed her. Any pedestal I had Christine lay on, it evaporated. Like it it just made her seem like like a regular person in that moment. Like she just got dunked on. And then Whitlock with the he killed Whitlock too with the the only thing Whitlock should be talking about is snacks, and people still bring that up, bro. It's, it's hilarious. Now Joyce Haler's on the show. And of course, just people are falling all over themselves. Her, too. I'm like, man, y'all really love some Joyce Haler, don't y'all? <laughs> That's funny. Um... I'll kick the show. I just talked about it. Clay's overconfidence and his humor and his coronavirus co- coverage. He talks about it every day. He's talked about it every day for like the past two months or month and a half. And it's it, it's polarizing. It's polarizing. It's funny. And I just love how he just he yells at people that he believes are being idiots because he believes he's very, that's part of his overconfidence. He believes he's the smartest person in the world. When you got a law degree like him and when you are this successful in whatever you've done and you've built this life for yourself, you can be a little overconfident, but don't, don't push it. But that's what he is. That's just who he is. And it's hilarious. It's just, he yells at idiots or people he thinks are idiots, and I'd be crying. He screams at the top of his lungs. And every time he does a show on Periscope, he just block people. He just be blocking people, just one by one, just boom, 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 boom. He just be blocking people. It's like a video game. This man is not even Clay Cow. He calls himself Clay Cow because he be sniping people. No, he's Clay Ibaka because he just be blocking people all nonstop. I mean, look like the freaking look like he should have been on the 2012 Thunder. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hilarious. Oh man, and R.J. Young go way back. Remember him from when he was covering like OU basketball games. He have his little yellow laptop and. Me and Zach and the guys would be like, yo, that's RJ Young. That's the over there. And every time he responds to me on Twitter, he follows me now. But every time he responds to me on Twitter, he, it's always sarcasm. And it's, it's, I don't like, he be cracking me up. 
it is impossible to be mad at R.J. Young because he's hilarious. I even tried to read his book. I haven't read the whole thing, but I tried to read his book. And I was and I was laughing at that. It's a serious book because it's, it's his um, journey to learning about his ex-father-in-law and guns. And it's and it's funny. And I have he had me dying laughing in that, too. Uh, Speak for Yourself, that's a show with Jason Whitlock and Marcellus Wiley and um, whoever else they have on there. <laughs> and Uncle Jimmy. Um, Uncle Jimmy is the funniest guy. He is the most underrated. Do you even call him a sports personality? He's just a straight up comedian. I don't know why Uncle Jimmy isn't bigger than he already is. Like Someone need to make a compilation or something. Maybe I'll get to work on that because this guy is the funniest dude on Fox Sports 1 or or ESPN. This dude is hilarious. What? He said Rex Rex Ryan didn't like Amari Cooper because he has a foot fetish and he didn't like Amari Cooper's footwork. He said Omar Jackson should have a is gonna have a tattoo across his chest, say Thug Life like Tupac. He's gonna sign the death row records. That's just that's just a little bit of what he said. This dude every night, every day, about 350, 355, every day on Speak for Yourself, he just brings that fire. He is hilarious. But um Jason Whitlock, I, I like him more now because I sure he got dunked on by LeVar Ball, but I got to listen to his interview on wins and losses, the wins and losses podcast from Clay Travis. And it made me like him a little bit more because he really grinded to get where he is. And he's funny too. He was saying his jokes too. And he had his hot takes too. And the reaction to his hot takes are hilarious, too. People really be overreacting. I'm like, there are worse things in the world you have heard, I'm sure. Like, he ain't that bad. But but Uncle Jimmy is, he's like Tiffany Haddish on Girls Trip. Like, everything he does or say is just hilarious and have you rolling. And you just say, this guy has got to be bigger than this. He really does. Y'all, man, come on. He needs his own fan base and everything. He needs his own stand-up routines and everything. He is hilarious. But I kind of understand why they don't have him on the show for that long because you let him talk too long, he's going to say something dumb. and he Not something dumb, but he's going to say something controversial or like borderline out of bounds. That might get them kicked off the air. So you can't have them on, but for so long. Uh, get up, Dan Orlovsky, Jay Williams, um, Marcus Spears. They be on first take sometimes. And these people, they're pretty good. They're pretty good uh, sports commentators. They're like B-rated sports commentators or, or personalities. And you know... They're very balanced, they're knowledgeable, and they're also entertaining. When Stephen A comes on Get Up, like today, 
it's just straight up comedy. It's like, man, it just makes the debate just that much interesting. Like, but Stephen A only comes on sometimes. But see, that's how Stephen A on first take started. He come on sometimes. He just instantly made the show better. (laughs) Like, that's how it is when he get on, get up. Like, it's, it's hilarious, bro. But, man, just, I love these sports debate shows. I'm watching them less and less because I'm playing more video games. And hopefully I get away from video games and actually start working on business and getting the brand up and maybe getting more listeners for the podcast and all that. Um, yeah. So rest in peace, Tavares Jackson. Rest in peace, Carl Anthony Towns' mom, who died from complications of the coronavirus, and rest in peace, Hank Steinbrenner, who died at the making of this recording. He died, like, this morning. 2020 sucks. <laughs> and Kobe died earlier this year, and David Stern died, and it's just unbelievable. And we dealing with this coronavirus thing that's canceled everything, and it's changed everything, and it's just, uh, I could say this is the worst year ever, and it seems like it, but it's also been a blessing, too, because I've done a lot of self-reflection and getting closer to God. So it has its, it has its uh, pros and cons, but I'm thankful. It still sucks, but <laughs> still sucks, but I'm thankful for sure. Um. Another thing has been going on, but yeah, rest in peace to those guys and send my condolences to their families. Uh, Horse, Trey Young lost again. Like he lost in 2K in the second round, then he lost in the first round. And um, Horse, thank God this ain't really serious and we having fun. It just sucked. It looked like he was playing in Oklahoma at his parents' house, which should give him an advantage, right? Soft backboard, but he lost. I'm like, well, how did you lose? And um, you can really see what some of these people working with, like Paul Pierce and, and Chauncey Billups and Chris Paul. They had their own personal basketball courts in the, the back of their mansions. And you got people like Trey Young. Well, Trey Young got money, but he don't got that type of money. Like, he was in a driveway. Allie Quigley was in a driveway. Like, Zach Levine was at, at his mansion, too. But yet, Allie Quigley versus Chris Paul was pretty entertaining. And uh, put Allie Quigley on the map. People know who she is now. I, I knew who she was. I mean, she played for the Sky, but... I mean, even then... You get overshadowed by people on the Sparks and people on the Storm. And I'm a Mystics fan, so of course I'm not paying attention to the sky. Especially since freaking Deladon left them. Since Deladon left, though, she's definitely taken over her and her girlfriend. Um, well, wife. Uh, Courtney Vandersloot. Or I think that's her name. But yeah, quickly won. And Mike Conley looked like he's going to win the whole thing because he makes... Everything look easy. Everything he does look professional and easy. I'm like, dang, man. 
it's a lot of complaints about um, people being in driveways compared to people being in mansions in their own personal court. It didn't matter to Allie quickly. Like she was in her driveway and she won. Yeah, all the other guys won. Um, yeah, like just a different advantages and disadvantages people have, athletic advantages, structural advantages. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's supposed to be fun. Just don't worry about it. Whoever watched the show, just enjoy it. And semifinals and finals on Thursday, let's enjoy it. Um, so Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey just got a new contract, and apparently he is the highest paid running back ever. Makes sense because his numbers were impressive. Like he was by far the best running back in the league. And it's like, and he deserves money, but I'm like, do we really want to pay a running back that much? You just saw what happened to Todd Gurley. They gave him all that money and they cut him two years later. Ezekiel Elliott, they gave him all that money and he had his worst year statistically. So I'm like, yo, like, do we really want to pay a running back that much? And the Panthers, and honestly, someone even said, I don't know if it was on FS1 or what, but the more carries that Christian, McCar- Christian McCaffrey got, the more they lost. I'm glad he got his money. He deserves it. He's the best running back in the league. But do you really want to pay a running back that much when you got a whole other team to worry about? You got an offensive line, defensive mm-hmm. line. Do you really want to pay a running back that much when they age terribly? And he's gotten a lot of carries, and you got to worry about injuries. I hope he doesn't get hurt for his sake, for the Panthers' sake. Because, I mean, I'm just looking at it. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see right now. Uh, running back. No, I'm not doing this right. See, I'm on spot rack, right? I'm on spot rack. And I'm trying to see who are the top rated, like, running backs. Of course, the Rams spend the most on running back. They still paying Todd Gurley. Like, the Panthers only 10th. In running back spending, even though they just paid Christian McCaffrey, I mean he's five million dollars on the cap, but I'm sure that's going to change later on because I'm sure the further he gets on his contract, the more they're going to pay him. And man, I hope he stays productive because I'm sure he's going to get more expensive. Four years, $64 million, $16 million a year. Man, even on Madden, I'm not trying to pay a running back $3 million. So I can't even imagine paying a running back $16 million. That's insane. But if he produces like he did last year, with with what he did, if he produces like he did last year, then why not? Why not? Because he's getting paid like the best running back in the league and he's playing like it. Why not? But just watch it. Just better hope he doesn't get hurt. Better hope he stays up. You better hope he produces. 
because in about two years, if things don't change, you're going to have a tough decision. That contract is getting bigger and Christian McCaffrey's getting older. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's up to you, Carolina. It's up to you. Even if he does play his whole contract, do you re-sign him? It's hard paying running back that much money with all them carries. We'll see. They got a lot of holes, so I hope they can pay all those people. (laughs) I mean, going cheap on quarterback helps, too. But let's just hope they can pay everybody else. It looks like they can. It looks like they'll be fine. Um, NFL drafts coming up. It's next week. Usually what I mostly pay attention to is where all the OU people go and who the Eagles and Redskins pick. Redskins because I live in D.C. And, of course, the sports radio, which I haven't listened to much lately because I haven't really been in my car. Of course, sports radio, you want to hear them go on and on about who they pick or who they will pick. But I haven't been able to listen this year, but I still want to see who the Redskins pick. And sometimes the Redskins, well, a lot of times the Redskins just mess up and botch their pick. And I just be dying laughing. (laughs) And the Eagles, the choice is obvious. It's either you need a linebacker or a receiver. I figured that out on Madden and I picked, I picked, um, I picked Kenneth Murray, K-9. I picked K-9, and he's been awesome for me. And then I got lucky and got Justin Jefferson. That's not going to happen because they're both projected to go a late first round. So they're both going to be gone, but I got lucky and got both of them. And they've been they've been awesome. I got two... I got two first-rounders, two first-round value picks. (laughs) That that was just awesome. I hope the the Eagles go that way, that they pick K-9 or Justin Jefferson and then pick a really good player after that. You know what I'm saying? Um, Maybe you uh, pick another lineman. Maybe you... uh, Maybe you bolster up the secondary. That's what I did the next year after that draft on Madden is I got me a corner, got me a safety. You know what I'm saying? Make sure I go young in the secondary and older in the trenches. That was my strategy. I don't know what the Eagles are going to do. Looks like San Diego, no, L.A. Chargers are going to pick a quarterback. Look like the Dolphins are going to pick a quarterback. Whether that's two or whether that's Justin Herbert, you got to pick one of them, I, I assume. But I just feel bad for Tyrod Taylor because that's another season where you got to be, you got to compete with a high profile rookie quarterback. And you're probably going to lose out. And then you're sitting on a bench again, and then they let you go. So I don't know, man. Uh, I wouldn't worry about that if I was Tyrod, though. Um, you got to compete. And sure, man, he did win the job in, in Cleveland, but he I think he got hurt. And then he just didn't get his job back. So he just got just to gotta work. Just got to work and make sure that doesn't happen. 
Yeah, I was gonna rap after this, but I ain't, I don't feel like free freestyling. But I will write a little something and maybe post it on Instagram one of these days. But for now, I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.